0: Worships already, but I just want us to worship again. Our worship is never too much before the King of Kings, for the Lord of Lords. You're gonna bless him, you're gonna exalt him, you're gonna glorify his name right now. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, let your heart be tuned to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords you're going to say thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus no specifics but for everything thank you Jesus thank you Holy Spirit thank you Jesus I am grateful I bless your name I give you the glory I magnify you for what you've done I give you the glory for what you're doing, and I bless you, Lord, for what you're about to do in my life, in my family, in my finances, in my out, Lord. I say thank you, Jesus. What a great God we serve. Spirit of the Most High, God, we bless you once again. Thank you for such a privilege this morning. Thank you for the grace that you have given to us once again to be gathered at your presence, Lord. We know that we are blessed. Thank you for the grace to learn to be blessed. We ask that your name alone be glorified. Let no flesh be exalted, but let only the name of Jesus be glorified this morning thank you our Father we give you all the praise thank you Jesus glory to your name my Lord hallelujah in Jesus' awesome mighty name we worship hallelujah hallelujah what a privilege once again to be before you all to bring you the word of the Lord I bring greetings from my family everyone is doing well thank God for his goodness and his mercy and I want to thank God for the privilege once again to be here thanking God for our pastor in the house pastor D and giving God all the glory for his life for his family and for the wonderful works the Lord is doing right here in our midst in KICC Toronto hallelujah we give God all the glory hallelujah my assignment before us this morning a very short assignment is just to bring us God's Word to encourage someone and the title of the message for this morning is a living sacrifice. Hallelujah. A living sacrifice. Pastor has been taking us through awesome stories about how worship was done in the old time. Sacrifice, the earliest of holies, the temple. Hallelujah. And this morning I'm bringing us a word titled a living sacrifice all right and i believe that the lord will give us his word this one will bless us richly in the name of the lord jesus now the text for the message itself we are very familiar with that like, living sacrifice uh, it's from romans 12 verse 1 the very first verse and this is paul reaching out to the church in rome and i'll start off with uh i'm going to read two versions basically for emphasis i'm going to first of all start out with the uh, the NIV version, which is, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. It says, this is your true and proper worship. It says, to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. It says, which is holy and pleasing to God. And it says that this is our true and proper worship yeah we worship god on all fronts with all avenues but it says this itself is a proper worship it's a true worship to lord god almighty for his mercies and for his goodness then also let's look at uh, the passion translation also which is very very uh granular it's basically it's very very detailed it says beloved friends, said, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? says to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. I like to take that again because it. it with this alone, that's the end of the message itself because the, the message is so clear. He said, beloved friends, it said what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? He says, to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. But this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Hallelujah. The marvelous mercies of God, the tender mercies of our God. God has shown every single one of us grace, His mercies. Being alive today is by the mercies of God. Even standing here before you is by God's mercy. Even you, right where you are right now, I know surely the mercies of God has been great and powerful in your life. And the scripture says in Ephesians 2 4, it says, But God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he has loved us. Hallelujah. Talking about the love of the Lord. Talking about God's love. He loved us first. That was what the scripture says. How he loved us. While we were yet in our sin, while we were yet in our wrong, he stretched forth himself, his love towards us, and he pulled us out of our normalcy, our ways of doing our sinful nature hallelujah and in Titus 3.5 it says he saved us not on the basis of deeds talking about works which we have done in righteousness but according to his mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit it says not by works of righteousness I have received God's mercy. We have received His mercy, His grace, not because of what we have done. I won't say it's probably because I wake up early to pray or because I, 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 I have my back early or whatever. It is not whatever I have done. It is by His grace. According to His mercy, He has saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So let nobody come and say, oh, I am who I am today only because of what I've been able to do. No. It is the mercy of God. The blessings you've received today are because of the mercy of God. Where you are today, right now, it is the mercy of God. I've let one thing, at least I once I was once very young, now I'm older, and I've always been told, because I remember then, growing up, I'll, I'll, my, when we take our results back home then, and, and probably I, I'm like, we we'll be 10th position, or thereabout, or the fourth, or fifth, or thereabout. And when my parents are like, why do you have such a very po- poor result? Why are you, and all that? And I say, ah, I, st- ah, what mean? I still pass some people there. are some people behind. Somebody carried 25th, and all of that. And they're like, no. What about the ones that are in front? That you don't look at the us that is behind you. Look at the us that is ahead of you. Hallelujah. So what am I saying? Whatever I I have today, it's because of God's goodness. It is because of his mercy. It's not because of my strength or ability, but the mercies of God. And 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 I drew a diagram here in my note about that particular scripture that we read in Romans 12. And on one side I see God's mercy God's marvelous mercies and on the other end I now see our worship of appreciation rising up to him like he has given us this mercy that we did not even deserve we did not even ask for it but he knew that we have need of it and he has by it also he has saved us yes we are saved by his mercy And then, on the other end, I see us appreciating God in true worship, in appreciation of what he has done by virtue of living a life of holiness, living a life of worship as a living sacrifice, all because of what he has done. The fact is that if we want to count... And so, okay, how can I pay God back for what he has done? It is, I can say it is unpayable. But all he asks for, all God is asking for is be thankful. Honor me, live a life of holiness. Please me in whatever you are doing. And recognize me as a source of all your blessings. For today's message, I'm going to take us through um, a bit of a story that we're all very familiar with. Very, very familiar with trying to demonstrate the mercies of God that despite all that the Lord has done, a lot of us find ourselves wasting and kind of rejecting that mercy. But despite all that, God is still very faithful, not desiring that anyone should perish but always ensuring that we come to repentance. The Bible says that he he knocks continually at the doors of our heart that we might open up. Some of us have barred our doors with chains and burglary proof like we used to have back at home then, all sorts, saying, no, Lord, I don't have time right now. But despite that, he's still knocking. Knocking, my child, let me in. I can save you. The path you're following will lead to destruction, but come unto me and I will save you. Then I'm talking about the prodigal son. Very, very familiar um, story in the Bible. And it's um, in the book of Luke, um, chapter 15, and um, from verse 11 to 32. Uh, I'm not going to go through all the uh, details because we're all very familiar with that particular story. But a part of it that really strikes me is the part where the child asks for his own portion of inheritance from his father. And the father was still, didn't existate but they gave it to the child. The love of the father, he still gave it to the child. Everything that we need, all that pertains to life, godliness, everything the Lord has not withheld, he says, call upon me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things. Things that you never even knew about. That while we are yet speaking, He would always answer. Give the child. In the book of 2 Peter 3, 9, talks about the long-suffering of the Lord towards us. It says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. But his long-suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to what to repentance. His promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. What have we asked of the Lord that he has not given to us? What have we cried to him for that he has not given? In our night seasons, we cried, Lord, I want this. Bless me. Promote me. Heal me. And the Lord asked and gave us what we asked for. And interestingly, he said, I can do much more. He says, exceedingly abundantly above what you have asked for, I will give. And it gives. And in First Timothy two, four, it says in First Timothy two, verse four, it says, Who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth? It wants us saved. That everything that we will need To walk the walk of faith. To walk the walk in righteousness, in holiness. He would not withhold from us. And here is this young man that had been given all by the father. Everything he wanted. All my portion he was given. And he went to a far country, as we're all aware about the story. And how he wasted it all. He asked of the father, this is what I wanted. And the father gave it all to him. Romans 8, 32. It says, he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all to him? graciously give us all things. What has the Lord given to you that you've not been thankful for? Or what has the Lord given to you that you've been wasteful with? That's what prodigal means. Being wasteful. But yeah, we're talking about the love of the Father, the mercy of God towards us. Despite all that he had done, he had not withheld Anything from us, even His Son, desiring that we may all come to repentance and be saved. And yet, wasteful. Gifts, wasteful. Talents, wasteful. But yet, the love of the Father still stands. I can imagine the father knowing very well that as the son had left. That he wasn't going to be in a good place. Because he knew that he belonged with the rest of the family. With the brethren. But the son desired to go. But the father would daily still look out for him. Worried about him. Where's my son? I'm sure that I'll probably send people out. Go and check out for my son. Check out about his welfare. And I can imagine the devil crying and shouting out, why are you worried about this boy? He's wasteful. You have blessed him, promoted him, healed him, saved him. But he decides to move on. To waste it all. Damn him to hell. Why are you worried about him? You have 99 others that have been faithful. Why are you worried about this one? Just one. Why? Let him be gone. Forget about him. You have 99 other sons that have been faithful. Go back to those ones. But this one, let him be damned. Leave him alone.
1: Why are you worried about him?
0: but the love of the Father would not. The Father would say, is my love. Amen. I inscribed him upon the palm of my hands. I love him. I can't let go of him. the price for him because I love them and I won't give up on him yet. I won't give up on him yet and the father still goes around have you seen my son please pray for my son I want my son to come back home And a lot of times, we wonder why the Spirit of God impresses someone in your heart to pray for. And you're wondering, why do I have to pray for that person? It's because the person is about to get lost. About to embark on a journey where the person will not be able to come back again. And and the Father is like, Pray for your brother, pray for your sister. They need our prayers. They need to be saved. And you're like, I know, but but, uh, this this person is not a nice person. But the Lord is saying, I still your brother. I still died for him, also. I paid the price for him too. I saved, didn't I? I can save him too. Pray for him. And in John three sixteen, John three verse sixteen, the verse that we are also very familiar with it says, "God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life." The love of the Father, and to really show you how God desires for us to come back come back to him to trace our footsteps back unto him in verse 20 of that scripture that we read in Luke 15 20 how the father was eagerly desiring the son the return of his son he says and he arose okay I think is it 19 go to 19 let's 19, 19 sorry. if you can get to 19 all right. But it says that while he was still a long way off. Okay. So while it was still, let me just paraphrase the old, the, combine the old scriptures together, the verses together. It says, but while the young man was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son and fell on his neck. Yes. And he kissed him. So it means that the father was still eager for the son's return. Was awaiting, desiring, looking out for the return of his son. My son. My child. My daughter. That I love. Was once lost, but now is found. Scripture tells us about the parables that Christ spoke of. About how A man had a hundred sheep, but one of them went astray. But the shepherd left the 99 and went after that one. Because of the love of the Father, the mercy of God, the goodness of God. Despite us being wasteful, despite us going back into the same vomit that we said we'll never go back to, still loved us. But Here it is now. If you look at Zephaniah 3:17, Zephaniah 3:17 says the Lord your God is in the midst of you, a mighty one, a savior who saves. Says they will rejoice over you with joy. Says he will rest in silent satisfaction. And in his love, he'll be silent and make no mention of past sins or even recall them. He said, he will exult over you with singing. So what a God. What a Father. Despite all that had been done, says, I will remember your sins no more. It's a mighty God Mighty Savior and awesome deliverer. Says in his love, he will be silent and make no mention of our past sins, and he will exalt over you with singing that my son, my daughter that was once lost, has been found. Let us rejoice, let us be glad, let us sing, let us glorify. this same God. What should be our response to him? What do we use to pay him back for his love? For the countless times many of us had had gone on that journey that that young man had gone on. Pay me. Give my inheritance. And I'm out again. You come back again. Go out again. Come back again. But every time, The father was never tired, but he was always rejoicing. My son is back, daughter is back. And the scripture says, present our life as a living sacrifice. All for what he has done, the price he has paid. It is not too much to ask for. And it is not too much to offer in return for the faithfulness of our God. He says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. He like says, we need to surrender our lives back to Jesus for all that he has done for us. He paid the price for you and I one that knew no sin paid the price that we might be delivered redeemed by the blood that is shed to be able to come boldly before the Father yes, to be able to come into the holiest of holies to seek the face of our Father and by His Spirit to be able to have our Father what grace, what privilege, what love. And every time I offer my life as a living sacrifice, it is an expression of my love, our love, and gratitude for the loving kindness and the mercy of our God. Do you understand it now? It's mercies, my worship, as a living sacrifice. To honor him. To show that I am grateful for what he has done. I know in time past, a sacrifice was always made with animals. Like Nupidi has shown us over the course of uh, the past two um, services. How those, the animals were picked up, were sacrificed either for atonement, for sin, or for thanksgiving. But we know very well that Christ had already paid the price for our sins once and for all. He had paid the price. That by reason of his death upon the cross, by the reason of the blood that was shed, we are redeemed. That our sins are washed by the blood. And we have on ourselves the righteousness of our Lord Jesus, whereby we're able to come before the Father. But there's another sacrifice that we can make. Now, I'm not talking about bulls now like David did when he was bringing the ark back to the temple. But I'm talking about our worship, about the life of holiness. Where... I'll be able to, my eyes, my ears, my mouth, my legs, my hand, that I'll dedicate to service, His service, to His glory. That everything that I have, from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet, that I'll present as, as, a, as an offering of service to the Master. That I'll please Him, because that is all the Lord desires, that we please Him. It's interesting when we talk about full surrender to God, when we are called upon to like, okay, dedicate all your life, your time, everything to the glory of the Lord. But because of the flesh, the nature of the flesh, because sometimes we feel we want control over ourselves, over our time. Just like the prodigal son did, also. He had, he had it all. God had given him everything. But he just felt like, I, I just want to go out. I just want to have fun. I just want to be with my friends. I just want to, like, you know, have just one time, just one look, just one sip, just, just, just one night out. I just want to have control of myself, over what I want to do for myself. And at those moments, that is when the sacrifice will crawl away from the altar. You know how funny to be when probably during the time of sacrifice, when Aaron and his and his sons, the Levites, have all the bulls on the altar and they're about to sacrifice, and when they're about to lit the fire, they look back and the sacrifice was no longer was no longer there. So what happened to the sacrifice? We have a missing sacrifice. That is us. That is you and I. When we fail to remain consistently in our place of worship. When we decide to have our own way. When I will say, oh, let me just hang out with my friends. Let me just, I don't say it's wrong to hang out. But what are you hanging out on? What is the subject of your hanging out? Is it Christ or what? So let me just watch that movie. Let me just watch that stuff that I used to watch, but I do not watch again. I'm stronger now. I'm spiritually strong. It's not going to affect me. I won't fall for sin, you know? I won't do all that. I'm a born-again Christian now. I won't fall for it. That is us walking away from the altar of worship as a living sacrifice. And a lot of times we tell ourselves, it's so hard. I can't keep my eyes off it. I, things around me that like the temptation is so strong. I, I can't. I, I want to, but I can't do it. The things that I want to do, I don't do. But I do the things that I do not want to do. We know that very well. But the scripture is so perfect. God's word is so perfect. There is no air gap. There is no missing link. Everything is perfect. Everything we need for the walk of faith he has given us. Now if you look at verse 2 of Romans 12. It says, we're not conformed to this world. But it says but be transformed by the renewing of your mind renewing our mind that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god if i find it difficult to be able to know what is right that i have to do all i need to do is to renew my mind And how do I renew my mind? You need the Word of God. You need the Scriptures. You need the Holy Spirit. That is when you can be able to understand what is the will of God. For the now, for the future, for your life, it is in the Scriptures. And the Spirit of God is is, is able to to guide us, to teach us, to to help us in the time of our weakness. Give God all the glory. Said the Spirit lives within us and is able to convict and guide us. Said the more we know Him the greater His voice will always ring out to you. Because it's, it's, it's more like an alert system in us. You know, when we are doing good, we are, we are walking in the right path of the Lord, we're rejoicing, blessing the Lord. But every time we are back to error and go out of our way to do that which is not right, the Spirit of God is able to convict us. Is able to convict us differently. The way it convicts you is going to be different from the way it convicts me. But the fact is that it would always convict us. Sometimes you just have this palpitation in your heart. You're like, ah. you know you're about to do something wrong. It could be a still small voice. Don't go there. Don't do that. That is wrong. He's able to teach us to make us understand that way is wrong. With the word of the Lord in us, continually in his word, abiding in his word, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're able to live a life that is transformed to the glory of God. We're able to live a life that is his perfect will. We're able to be a sacrifice that brings honor and worship to the Lord. Because of all that he has done, this is what I'm going to do. To live my life. Present my life as a living sacrifice. Pleasing to the Lord. Hallelujah. It says in John sixteen thirteen, it says, however, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So he will not speak on his own but he will speak what he hears and he will declare to you what is to come. It says to be a living sacrifice is to desire to belong entirely to him. To be a living sacrifice is to desire to belong entirely, totally. I cannot tell God, okay God, I'm going to give you every part of me but you cannot have my legs. I I want to have my legs to myself. Or you tell God, okay, you can have every part of me, but I want my hands, myself. I want to be able to have control of what I use my hands for. No. He wants everything, He gave everything. And it's not so much to ask for that you honor Him with your everything. God is faithful. He has not asked us to lift up a rock and climb to the Mount Kilimanjaro and back as a means of sacrifice or as a means to be able to prove that we are grateful. No. He has not asked for any of that. He has not asked for cows or mules or what. No, he has not asked for that. But what does he ask for? Worship. Worship, true worship, a life of holiness, pleasing to him. That when he looks down, then you he will hear the voice, Thou faithful servant, my faithful servant. So, what are the qualities of a living sacrifice? Is there in the scripture that we've read before a sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God? Second Timothy one nine says. Second Timothy one nine says, it says who had saved us and called us with an holy calling. It says, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before even the world began. Because of his own purpose and grace. Told Abraham, walk before me and be perfect. Walk before me and be holy. And there's a need. Why he calls us to be holy, to live a life of holiness. Because that is the only way we can see him. That is the only way we get called up to heaven at the end of time. He knows that without that we cannot see the Lord. The price was paid to deliver every one of us. But it is up to you and I to either accept that grace, accept that love of the Father, the price that He has paid, signed, sealed, and delivered, not by our works. He has done everything already. Before even the world began, it is a complete deal. Signed, sealed, delivered, our redemption. By His grace, it is of His own will. None of my works. And if I want God to bless me, I have to please Him. If I want to see His face at the end of time, I have to live a life of holiness. I want to see him at the end and be able to ask, Father, Lord, how did you set this in motion? How did you suspend the earth? How did you set the universe in place? How, how did you set time? How did you put all that in motion? Many questions. How did you separate the waters? Then. You have to see him to be able to ask those questions. You have to live your life pleasing to him to be able to ask those questions. It says, even to God, gives us his power to help in our Transformation. It says in John 1, verse 12. In John 1, verse 12. I'm about to round up now. Like I said, my, my tax before this one is a very short one. And I believe this word is for someone this morning to be blessed. It says in John 1, verse 12. It says, but as many as received him... To them, He gave power to become the sons of God. And to them that believe on His name. So stop trying to please God with your own power. Stop trying to walk this walk with your own strength. He gave us strength by His Spirit. Grace is much more available when we please God. Recently, I, you know, when, when, when we call for fast, when the fast is called, we're all very familiar about the, the way we do our fast. We just fast like 12 or 3 o'clock or 6, you no, know, and then we break with our meals and, you know, the likes. But recently, I got the revelation from, from a book talking about the, the power, the atomic power, if I may use that. That is in fasting and praying. You know? And the author was talking about the consecrated fast, the you know, 40 days fast, you know? Power that is available with testimonies that are bound for as many have done it. And I was like, wow, can I do 40 days? 40 days. Not that I can't do it. Yes, of course I can do it if I want to do it. But then, Wow. 40 days, even the number alone itself is plenty. You know? But that was basically when we were about to do edifice, like, you know, in KICC Canada here, every first seven days of the month, we go into fasting and prayer. Testimonies have been great from all corners. God has been faithful. And I'm like, okay, well, since I can't do, for, this is me, I arguing my case with the Holy Spirit. I'm just uh, sharing with us what really happened. I just, ah, Father, Lord, I can't do 40 days. Ah, okay, no, Lord, let me start with seven days. Let me use edifice as a test run. You know? And the way the fast is, you, you eat really, you just be on fluids and maybe water or tea. And let me do it and all that. And I embarked on that fast. Now, why I'm saying this is just to encourage someone to understand that it is not of our own strength. It is the grace of God. The power is given. Once you step out, the power is made available. I was able to do that fast from the first to the last day on fluids. I was able to go to work. Interestingly, I was even surprised that I would be able to work all that period. But... Even the first day when I went to work and I was like almost fainting, like then this grace and strength just came upon me. I'm like, okay. And now I'm looking forward to the next edifice. Like, ah, this is now my life. This is now my life. And if you had asked me about this like three months ago, okay, ah, will you want to go on this kind of fast? Ah, those are for the elders. But then the fact is, God has made power, His power, available for you and I. Whatever the Lord calls for, He will always provide for. I don't know what that is for. Whatever the Lord calls for, He would always provide for. I'm not just talking about finances, I'm not talking about houses i'm not talking about brethren but i'm talking about inner strength the will to start and to finish if he calls for it he would always provide for it if the lord has called for a life of holiness believe you me everything that we need to live a life of holiness made available for you and I. All we need to do is just take that step of faith and say, Lord, well, like Esther said, if I die, I die. But I'm going to do this. And we have a cloud of weaknesses around us, those that have gone ahead of us, and they've been able to step in that same water, that same stuff we call the unknown. And they came out Glorious and rejoicing in the Father, giving glory to His holy name. Service to Christ is following His will for your life. To be a living sacrifice is to jump wholeheartedly into serving and obeying Him. He wants us to conform to his image and be fruitful in our service. Remember, we were saved to serve. We were saved to serve. We were not saved to waste like the prodigal son did until he came to his senses. All by the mercies of God. You and I were saved to serve. On the final note, Colossians 3.17, it says, let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, says, and bring your constant praise to God the Father because of what Christ has done for you. This is a charge. And this is a commandment to someone this morning. It says, let every activity of your life, my life, every word that comes out of our lips, these lips of ours, so let it be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. Says, and bring Chicago. Constant praise, constant, regular praise. Praise. not on today of tomorrow constant praise as a living sacrifice with a sweet smelling savor that rises up to the father and it's pleasing to our God our constant praise to God the father why why because of what Christ has done for you and I. de Because of what Christ has done for you and I. He saved us. He paid the price. I mean, the one that knew no sin, no spot, no wrinkle became sin for us. What well, they had to go through in the Garden of Gethsemane on the road to the Calvary. But they never looked back because the eyes, the eyes focused on you and I. such love such love such compassion and he willingly laid down his life for us for you and for me so what is expected of me to live a life Listen to him as a living sacrifice. The sacrifice will always remain on the altar. Have you ever heard about a sacrifice being made and halfway through they remove the sacrifice? No. The sacrifice will remain there until it is burnt up unto the one it is given like in the times of old before the Lord but we are a living sacrifice we are alive to bring forth the glory of his name constantly wherever you are right now I want you to just lift up those hands lift up those hands unto the Father and say Lord I thank you I have been saved, I have been delivered, I have been set free, I have been made whole. I am alive and well above every principality and power. The blood of the lamb speaks for me. Lord, I bless your neighbor. Lord accept the offering the fruits of my lips To the glory of your name You
1: paid the price Lord You delivered me You saved me Lord I'm redeemed by you Lord Right now Lord I dedicate my life Lord As a living sacrifice, oh Lord, unto the glory of your name. Your praise, Lord, will not cease from my lips. Lord, but my life, oh Lord, will be in constant honor. Oh Lord, unto your name, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Praise will not be found wanting from my tabernacle praise will not be found wanting your praise will not be found wanting lord from these lips these hands will always be raised up in worship lord unto you oh lord this fit lord will be dancing oh lord in gratification lord, lord of what you have done despite it all, despite all that goes on around me Lord, I will always be thankful Lord, I will always rejoice, knowing that you Lord, that has begun this great walk, surely you will bring it to an end, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I have been saved, I have been saved that I will serve and in server, I will serve the Lord. I will serve the Lord. My house will serve the Lord. My children will serve the Lord. With everything that you have given unto me, Lord, I will serve you, Lord. In the name of the Lord, I owe nothing back. I owe nothing back. Lord, what do you desire, Lord? It is thine, O oh Lord. What much more can anyone do than give your life, Lord? For you've not asked for my life, Lord. You've only asked for worshiper. You've only asked for a life of holiness, Lord. And I give you all. I give you all. I give you all. What do you desire, Lord? I give it to you, O oh Lord. I to Lord the father's love the father's mercy he never held back he never held back not one minute
0: I'd like to reach out to you also, there, my brother, my sister. Your life is not even right with him right now. You know your ways are not even right with him. I want you to reconsider your ways right now, because the fact is, he is coming very soon, and he's coming for his own. But are you his own? Are you blushed, washed? Is your name in the book of life? Are you of the redeemed? Are you saved? If you are not, I want to pray with you. What joy we have in the Father. What pleasure we have with our Father. He never will tell
1: anything from us.
0: We call. He would always answer. Do you want to be in this family also? Wherever you are, I want you to bow down your head. I'm going to say, Father, Lord, forgive me. Lord Jesus, forgive me. I turn around from my ways and I look to you right now to help me, to save me. Lord, I repent and forsake all of my sins and I accept you Lord, as my Lord and personal Savior. Come
1: into my heart. Oh Lord, save me. Heal me. Help me, Lord. he asked. said, Jesus, we bless your name.
0: And I can tell you right now. As you have accepted me, you are safe. You are
1: safe.
0: You are saved. And go forth and serve in the name of the Lord Jesus Father
1: we bless your name Father we give you the glory Father we give you the praise
0: for what you have done we will forever give you the praise for what you have done we are grateful the mercies of God the marvelous marvelous tender mercies of our God.
1: Thank you Jesus.
0: You never left us when we went astray but you kept searching for us. Kept calling for us. Kept reaching out for us. Thank you Jesus. And we dedicate our lives once again today Lord as a living sacrifice. Every part of me Lord Whatever you desire, Lord, you ask, Lord, and I'll give it, Lord, to you, Jesus. Because you gave it to me, Lord. You gave it to us, Lord. And we dedicate this life back unto you, Jesus. Upon the altar of sacrifice. Constantly giving you praise. Constantly living the life of holiness. Thank you, Jesus. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. Thank you, our Lord. Bless be the name of the Lord Jesus we're gonna thank him we're gonna thank him we're gonna thank him right now thank you Jesus thank
1: you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you, Jesus. Thank you Lord thank you Jesus read the it. thank you Lord hallelujah blessed be the name of the Lord our God thank you so much for joining us today we hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us
0: on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give by email at info.kicccanada.ca I-N-F-O, at or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca. God is doing amazing things in our midst, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you are a champion. God bless you.